0: My next guest is from Peoria, Illinois. He was recently signed to New York Lab and just released his self-titled album. It's my pleasure to introduce London Avery.
1: i little henny in my cup, baby, gonna it up just to hide the pain. Got gelato for my boy, sure, so they going roll it up, need that right away. Yeah, I'm just living like I should, yeah, I gotta keep my faith running. Right
0: Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only London Avery.
1: Yes, sir. What's up? How y'all doing, peoples?
0: Hell yeah! So it's been about. 2 weeks now since you released your newest album, self-titled album, Lendon Avery. How is the how's the critical reception been so far?
1: So far it's been pretty good, pretty positive reception. Um especially on like a couple of my singles. But yeah, good overall. I'm, I'm excited.
0: Hell yeah. So, I see that like your monthly listeners right now on Spotify are like 11,000. So, how, where were they before this album? Were they still, did you have a pre- pretty decent following before that? Or have you seen a huge jump since then?
1: Um, it's been s- slowly, slowly, like, like climbing. It started off at, like, my last, my first album I dropped. Um, it kind of, like, plateaued around, like, a thousand fifteen. Then I started releasing the singles for this album, and it climbed up to, like, 5,000. Dropped another one, like, 7,000. So it's been, you know, good organic growth. So That's dope.
0: You don't seem like an artist who really drops a lot of singles. Are you, are you, are you someone who, like, releases albums and then, like, with the latest project, it seems like you did release a few singles leading up to the, the album. But are you someone who focuses on just dropping singles that don't line up with an album at all? Or?
1: Um, yeah, I, I like uh, dropping singles that line up with the album. I'm just very strategic when it comes to release, cause my music is like very precious to me. Like, um, so like sometimes I tend to sit on it a lot, but you know, as of lately, I'm trying to I'm trying to just not sit on stuff anymore and kind of like just let the world hear what I what I've been working on. Cause...
0: Hell yeah! So your, your your previous project, The Tale of Two Cities, is that the first project you ever dropped, or like I know some artists before they drop like a project they're actually proud of they'll release all these mixtapes and then once one project gets some attention, they kind of like hide or delete those other projects.
1: Uh, no, nah, that was my fir- my first project ever. Like I had released one single before, like a couple months before then. But like, that was just, that was really, I tell two cities was my first. Any, anybody hearing music from me besides production, I was wow. really focused on production before then. Yeah.
0: So how, how long have you been doing production before you started doing, um, singing and rapping?
1: I, I've been doing production since like high school, like freshman year really. Um I really started focusing on it when I graduated mm-hmm. and took it seriously. Um but yeah, so almost like 10 years now. It sounds crazy, but <laughs> Jeez, how how old are you? I'm twenty-four.
0: Oh wow. It's a long time coming then. Damn. Yeah.
1: I've been doing this for a minute, man. Wow. So
0: I don't I I don't know anything about Illinois, but you came from a city called what is it? Pierre,
1: Pierre it's Pe- Peoria, Illinois, it's like an hour and a half outside of Chicago. Like I spent my early years in Chicago, but I moved to Peoria at like four four years old. Um, that's really the city that kind of raised me, made me the person I am. It's mm. um, it's it's that city's a lot. You feel me? It's still together. Um. We don't really have a lot of people to look up to, but you've got people like Richard Pryor, um, Sean Livingston played for the Warriors. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely the trenches, as yeah. they say.
0: Is there, is there like a music scene there? Or when people think of like music in Illinois, are they just focusing on kind of like Chicago area?
1: Yeah, they go straight to Chicago. It's not like a lot of... It's not that it's not a, a lot of talented people in the city. It's just... People in Peoria, they don't really have the outlet and the platform to be seen. So it's kind of hard to, like, be in that city and make it without making it out first.
0: Right. So for you, were you able to focus on – so was it easy for you to focus on music or were you more focused on, like – you know, you're saying it's the trenches. Were you more focused on just surviving or was music like an uh, outlet Well, you?
1: honestly, music was always, like, kind of like a oasis um it kind of like the environment kind of drove me to music to you know just stay out of trouble and to like you know it's therapy like shit a lot of shit goes on in the trenches and so like music was always my way to like express how i felt about it, and, you know, sure, just did deal with it honestly.
0: did you surround yourself with a lot of musicians growing up because i understand like you were in like the band and stuff like that
1: oh yeah like like I said, it was an oasis. So anyway, I could I could be around the music. I knew it 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 would distract me from a lot of the bullshit. So if I could find any instrument, I was trying to touch it. Like <laughs> the church, school. I was in the, the school band. Like I would I would um, go to the church like after service and just try to play any instrument that I could. But yeah, wow. So what got you into rap? So honestly, I never really was a rapper until, I was like, like I said, I started with production and then, because my cousin was a a rapper out of Rockford, Illinois, which is another city outside of Chicago. Um, But like my freshman year, when I really started production, like he was killed at my granny's house. So after he passed away, I kind of just focused on Trying to figure out how to do it myself, you know, and try to fill his shoes in some type of way and do it for him, you know. Wow.
0: What 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 software were you using at the time?
1: I started off on Ableton, then um, I finally saved up enough money to get a Mac and I bought Logic and I've been rocking with Logic ever since.
0: Damn. So how did you get into producing? Were you did you have friends that were teaching you to produce, or were you just self taught, like YouTube things like that?
1: I I, I always like was I always loved music like since a baby. I always I taught myself piano at like three years old. So yeah. um, it was really just a transition of, and I always loved technology too. So it was really just merging both my loves of technology and music to. It just made sense to start producing, and then my cousin started rapping, so I was like, "Yeah, it just it just made sense at the time."
0: Were you producing for your re- cousin at all?
1: Yeah, I made my first beat for him like a month before he passed away. I mean, I never even got to hear the song. Damn. Yeah.
0: I I, I <laughs> I'd heard I had heard previous interviews talking about your cousin. That seems like that was like a pivotal pivotal yeah. person
1: in your life, and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was. Him, his brother, and my two older brothers, like, growing up every summer, every weekend, like, we were, like, this real, like, really close. Yeah. Really close.
0: So And I also heard that, so you, you grew up in, like, the ghetto, and then you moved to, like, the suburbs. So, from the outside perspective, yeah. it, almost, it almost sounds like a Fresh Prince of, like, bel type deal.
1: Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to write a movie about that shit. <laughs> um, it was, like, Cause you know, growing up in the hood, you like honestly, you always think about like what it'd be like to live in a suburb. You see shows like Zoe One Hundred One and, <laughs> and shit. Like they have all these cool ass technologies and shit. You think is everything, it's everything is gonna be so perfect, but then you know, my freshman year after you know my cousin got killed, his brother was murdered a couple of months after. Then both my brothers got locked up and sent feds. My mom wow. was like, nah, like you gotta get up out of here. So I ended up moving to the suburbs cause my, my dad had got a job out there and I went to school uh, out there and it, it was a way different experience, way different experience. Jeez. was it, was
0: it still in Illinois? Was it like your whole entire childhood in Illinois or did you switch states?
1: Yeah, it was still in Illinois. It was like, the crazy thing about Illinois, like it's like pockets. Um, cause you can be in the trenches and then in 30 minutes, it's like, it's like million dollar houses. Wow. But they are all like in our own area protected. Like it's crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. So how did you end up in New York from Illinois? Like, did you go to school that brought you out there or was it music that brought you out there?
1: Uh, just the music, my, um, label New York lab and my management, uh, Noble Media Management is based in New York. So it just made sense. 'Cause it's easier to communicate and just get work done out here. And yeah, I've been out for like six months now. And New York's been good to me so far.
0: Damn. How long have you been part of a record label then?
1: Uh since I came out here, like well, like almost a year now. Like right before I came out here, we we kind of put this this shit together and we've been moving ever since.
0: That's dope, because like a lot of because I'm part of the, like the Seattle music scene and a lot of uh-huh. things, a lot of people feel like they have to have like a certain amount of numbers. So, some people think it's the connections, but a lot of people feel like it's the numbers that you need to be able to get signed to a record label. But you, like we were just saying at the beginning, uh-huh. like, you had like around a thousand subscribers or whatever. So how did a record label find like, you?
1: I I was blessed enough to like, I don't know, really be able to rely on my um, music to speak for itself because like you said, like a lot of our labels really do look at the numbers but every now and then you get like some good A and R's and people that actually respect and love music that can look past that and and yeah I'm really appreciative of that because like I said I did <laughs> I did have the numbers but that now they helping me reach the goals because they have faith in the music and now and it's doing what it's supposed to finally and slowly just going up and up.
0: That's awesome. So what what were you doing in your point in life when they were reaching out to you? Like, were you working, like, other jobs, or were you in school?
1: Oh, yeah, I was, um, I was working a lot of things. <laughs> um, yeah, I was hustling, and um, I was working with my pops. He has a, a company, um, a sports management company. Oh, wow. Just working with him and, you know, doing whatever I could to stack my bread up.
0: So what's a what's a sports management company? Can you talk more about that?
1: Uh, so basically, we go to different universities and um, like specifically track and field. Like we do like the fully automatic timing and scoreboard displays, and I I do graphic design and stuff for the scoreboards and oh, wow. you know the cool things, yeah, the motion graphics and stuff. You know, any way that I could cash a check, bro
0: that's dope. How'd you get into graphic design? I love, like, with my podcast, I've been teaching myself, like, film editing, and, like, I make, like, cover art for every single interview, so it's almost like an album. Mm-hmm. So I love that stuff. How'd you get literally,
1: into Literally, literally that, because, you know, before I got into this situation in New York, um, I was kind of just doing everything on my own, like, so if I, if I needed graphics for my music, I had to do it, because, or pay somebody to do it, but mm-hmm. I'm always the type of person that, if it could be done, then I, I want to learn how to do it. So That's I just kind of taught myself, you two, you know, trying to figure it out. And then I figured out it could make me money in other ways. And then I just pressed the situation.
0: So when you, when you released your um, Tales of Two Cities project, I'm guessing you didn't have like a management or anything like that. So
1: how no did management. you,
0: how did you figure out like how you were going to release that project? Cause if you didn't release any music, After that, really, unless until you released this latest project, how did you how did you promote your Tale of Two Cities project?
1: That was a problem. I didn't really have. um, I've always I was always very uh, good on the music side of the music business. But as far as the marketing stuff, like I wasn't good with that shit because I just dropped it. No promo, no nothing. Uh Um, And. It still did pretty good for just dropping it, but like now I know like it's a way better way to do this shit. And, and uh shout out to my label and my management for. You Damn, know. were you? Yeah, did you, getting so together.
0: You were in high school when you released it, I'm guessing. So, did your like school support it at all? Or, like, did you have like friends or kids mean, like? Oh, oh no no gosh? no no!
1: I was I was I was just out of high school. Um okay. and I moved to Atlanta soon as I okay. soon as I left high school, I moved to Atlanta. So um Atlanta supported my project a lot. A lot of the the um because I was producing. So a lot of the artists and stuff that I produced for, um, they really helped me support like support the album a lot. Damn. But so yeah, my, my, my school like my school supported it too, my old high school supported it too.
0: Hell yeah. So what what brought you out into that's that's crazy. So you went from Atlanta to New York. So what what brought you to Atlanta?
1: Yeah. Um, I was trying to get out of Illinois because I hated the suburbs and the trenches wasn't safe. So I tried to, you know, I moved to Atlanta and I had opportunity to have an internship at Grand Hustle. Oh, shit. In um, Atlanta. Yeah, so soon as I got that job, I was out. I graduated May 27th and I was in Atlanta on 28th. <laughs> mm, wow. <laughs> yeah, I got out of it.
0: Damn. So when you, how did you get the grand hustle internship? You just applied for it or?
1: Um, honestly, one of my, like my, mo- my mother's cousin, Lazar Gray, shout out Lazar Gray, big czar. Um, he was, he was a producer for like Young Dro and TI sure. and you know, all those guys at uh, Grand Hustle. And when I was producing in high school, I would just upload videos on YouTube of me remaking beats or making my own beats and stuff like that. And he, I guess he saw one of the videos and he just reached out to me and um, he was like, yo, I think it would be dope to do an internship. It's not paid, but it's great opportunity to me and you know. Learn the ropes and that really helped me out a lot because I learned a lot working at Grand Hustle. Shout out uh, Defiant Studios.
0: Damn. So when you're working at the when you're interning there, did you meet any like famous artists also?
1: My first week, I was working the front desk and Ti walked in and shook my hand like he knew me his whole life. Oh shit! (laughs) I met Young Dro, Young Dro, Iggy, um, Bob. Um, Yeah, I was around a lot of people, and it was really a a shock coming from Peoria, Illinois, where nobody, nobody, (laughs) even the famous people, don't even come back.
0: Damn, that's crazy. So, why do you think? Is it just because of the area? That's why do you think famous people don't come back to Peoria? It's not like the greatest place to live. I mean, it is.
1: Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not the greatest area. Like I said, there's not a lot of opportunity um, or a platform to even really, like, and that's really one of my goals is to create a platform to where my city can, you know, display its talent. Cause there's actually a lot of talented people that just always get overlooked because they're not from Chicago or they're not from New York or they're not from LA where, you know, there's opportunity to be seen.
0: Wow that's insane so how did your how did your record label find you so you had released a project you moved to LA did they just find you on like SoundCloud or something or
1: um, I met my manager um, through a through a um, mutual friend Keith Lawson another art- artist and because um, we were doing Features like I, I was featuring on a lot of his songs, and then she just kept asking about me, and then so she ended up reaching out to me, and then saying that there was this um, this label with these kids, Samori and Isaiah, and um, like uh, Zuri and Moe and that they were putting together this label, and that they was interested in meeting me. Then we chopped it up on the phone, and we had a we got a partnership with United Masters in November and that just set everything off wow
0: that's crazy so are you able to just focus on music full time now
1: yeah i'm really i'm able to finally focus on my music and just put all my heart and my time into it
0: damn that's insane that's awesome
1: <laughs> it is awesome it's awesome now and now i can actually release music instead of sitting on it because I don't have to worry about being in the streets or trying to get some money, you know?
0: Wow. So Mavi said that you guys were roommates. How did, how did you come to meet Mavi?
1: Yeah, this, I'm in a lab house right now. We all, we all stay together.
0: Damn. How did how'd that come to be?
1: Well, when we were um, figuring out the logistics, cause Mavi's not from New York either. He's from uh, Charlotte and, uh, we're just like, that. should it be, it'll make it everything easier if we all live in the same house, you know, just to, um, and creatively and like business-wise, like we all just work together to knock shit out and it's, it's fun as fuck living with, you know, some cool dudes, you know?
0: Hell yeah. So it's like the, what is that? Like that phase clan that just plays like Fortnite is kind of like having a house, like that's awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just like that, but for music.
0: Damn, that is so cool. So you've pro- you've produced some of Mavi's tracks, is that correct?
1: Uh, I produced on uh, SMH with uh, one of his other producers. We co-produced it, and yeah, it, it came out really nice.
0: Dope. When I was um, listening to your like SoundCloud, not your SoundCloud, your Spotify, you guys both were on uh-huh. some one's art, some artist named Camden Malik. You guys both were featured on that. Oh album. yeah, Camden.
1: Yeah. Shout out my boy, Camden Malik, bro. Hotest nigga out of Sacramento right now. I'm telling you, tap in.
0: Damn, how did you guys connect with him?
1: Um, he just pulled up to the lab house one day. Um, I don't know who first introduced him, but uh, yeah, he just pulled up to the lab house one day. You know, real niggas link up, man. All the, <laughs> if if you cool and you got good vibes, you know, the lab house gonna love you.
0: Wow, is the lap house gonna? Is it like um, can you like look it up on Google Maps? Like, is it, are you trying to make it a thing where people
1: come through to record? <laughs> oh no, you, like... <laughs> you, you can't look it up on Google Maps. Oh, you know, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta know to know. You feel I me? Mean? Right. <laughs>
0: so, so, so with your London Avery project, you released it during COVID. How was that? A lot of people have been like weighing out whether it's a good time to release during COVID or not. I know. During the beginning of COVID, it was definitely harder. When like the George Floyd thing no. happened, a lot of people put their stuff on hold. So, what made you re- decide to release it when you did?
1: Um. Well, first of all, I was just tired of waiting. Like you said, my my last album was a minute ago, and also I felt like this is a perfect time. Like people need music, like especially the type of music I try to make. Like I like I like to make like motivational music and stuff that music to try to get people through situations and stuff like that. So this is a perfect time to drop music. I may not be able to perform on a stage or whatever, but you never know when people need to hear something, you know, because there's certain songs that I heard going through things that really just helped me out. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it's selfish to to wait when it's convenient for you. For sure.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So what have you learned about yourself during this whole pandemic?
1: In the pandemic, Uh, (laughs) I learned that I love outside (laughs) and I love, I love social interactions, but I also learned that, um, hmm, that's a good question. I also learned that to not take for granted, like just the little things like, like not being able like being able to breathe without a mask like i went oh, to like i just got back from Knoxville and i was just like outside in the not the forest but like like a grassy area and just walking around with no mask and it just felt so like relieving you know so mm-hmm. shit like that like every day walking around without a mask saying hi to everybody being able to see everybody and yeah that shit i missed that shit a lot
0: where do, you, where do you see COVID going? Do you think it's going to end sooner than later with all these vaccines? Or how do you feel about that?
1: I don't know, man. Only God can tell, man. I don't even know about these vaccines. or You know, humans tend to fuck up a lot of shit. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs>
0: you're right. You're right. <laughs> so I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this or not, but I've heard that you're there's some type of ESPN deal or something coming up. I know that your music's been being released on like ESPN channels and stuff. So tell me more about that.
1: Oh yeah, Um, I didn't even like know about that at first, but um, my grandpa called me one day saying that my music is on ESPN. I was like, yeah, all right. Then he sent me a picture there. Like they were literally playing my music on like The Jump and they played my song Intro. During a Lakers game, and that was that was really crazy, to see LeBron Duncan to the background of my songs is you know beyond anything I ever see.
0: That's crazy because you never really hear about an intro song being the biggest song off someone's like album too. so That's yeah. so
1: funny. Yeah. And it was the first single I dropped off the off the album. Like as soon as I dropped it, it just got picked up. Man, shit, I was grateful. You know, <laughs> you never know which song.
0: Do you have any um, anything in mind with this album that you just released? Or is there going to be, like, any merch, any new music videos coming out?
1: I got, um, for my song Shine, which is, like, the so far, has got the best reception, like, from the album so far. Um, I got a video coming really soon. Uh, I don't have a release date yet, but that's going to be really nice. I got Select Con with United Masters coming out soon. It's a, a performance of the song Shine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to put some shows together, but you know how COVID goes. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Mm-hmm. I know that some venues are opening up. There's like, cause there's rapid COVID testing coming out and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how. Yeah, that, hopefully how that all
1: comes some, we get some shit worked out.
0: My favorite song off the project was Brighter's Days." I loved that one.
1: Oh, you like "Brighter Days"? That's like one of my personal favorites. Oh, that's dope. That's one of my personal favorites.
0: So do you have anything else like in the works? Like you said, you've been sitting on music. Do you have music, already new music that you're planning on releasing sooner than later?
1: Yeah. So how, how I, I work is, um, like I got a tell two cities two coming out. Um, well I'm working on it right now. And so what I do is I do a tell two cities and that's really like my babies. Every time I make a tell two cities, it's my baby because I produce everything on it, right. Everything on it. And, um, record mix and master everything on it so when people hear tell us in cities it's really me in the rawest form possible and so and then in between those i like to collab with other producers just you know for different influence and you know to get out of a, you know a box that's just me and i like to collab because sometimes you get the best shit out of something you would have never did yourself so but now I'm getting, and that and I was in London Avery, uh, collabing with my boy Siete, producer out of Connecticut. Sheesh, that boy got some heat, man. 18 years old now. When I met him, he was 16 and wow. going crazy, like, in high school. That's dope. Yeah.
0: So living in a music hotspot like New York, has it has the city inspired you to make a certain sound or anything like that?
1: Um... But right now the city going through a huge drill phase. And that's not necessarily my sound because you feel me. I'm from Chicago and we had that <laughs> scene like in 2014. So bang, bang. I'm kind of over the drill <laughs> three. Yeah, bang, bang, 300, <laughs> all that. So I kinda been there, done that. But if anything, the environment itself and like just seeing the city like and the hustle and bustle of everybody around has really inspired me and inspired my music. Not not uh, the sounds per se of New York.
0: Did you ever imagine yourself moving to New York, like when you first released your project or growing up? I was like... just
1: talking. I was just talking to a friend yesterday. Like, no, I never imagined myself in <laughs> New York. Like, like I don't know. Like, I never imagined myself in New York, but I always loved New York and the culture. I just never see myself living here until six months ago. And I was wow. here. Even when I wake up now, I'm like, wow, I'm really in New York City.
0: That's dope. And the fashion culture is pretty dope out there, too. That must be pretty inspiring.
1: Yeah, the fashion. Yeah. I love fashion out here. And I see why it's so different because shit, you, you gotta be, it takes talent to be fresh and not be cold at the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah, 100%. That's crazy. So, how do you feel about these, these, um, these radio stations out here now, you know, you got breakfast club, you got funk flex. I know there's tons of others. I'm Mm -hmm. just completely blanking on like, are those goals of yours? Or like, I know even certain New York artists don't really look, they, anyone, people love to be on that station, those stations, but they're not like, I need to be on there to blow up. And now that you're signed to a record label, it's not like you need that to blow up, but is that something you're interested in doing at all?
1: Um, yeah, any promo is, is great. And, um, I definitely would love to do any of those stations but me personally i really just love focusing on the music and letting my music speak for itself and you know i like talking to cool dudes like you but yeah (laughs) (laughs) as far as as forcing the situation it's not a big deal to me man i I just want to be able to to make music and have people here
0: dude that's you have a dope story that's kind of crazy that's that's like the perfect, I think that's how people want to blow up anyways, you know, to like people just to find your music and be so touched that they want to put it on fucking ESPN or they want to sign you and move yeah. you out to New York, shit like that. That's like the that's like a dream come true for so many people.
1: Yeah, it's a blessing, bro. It's really a blessing. And um, especially in a time like this where, you know, people feel like they got to do something drastic, dye their hair rainbow and go do crazy skits. and shit like that bro I, I just like genuineness for people to love and respect me for you know just being me and not having to go out of my way to grab somebody's attention like because sure. you know i only need attention you know <laughs> i just want people to get something out of my music if you need it and that's what i'm here for
0: hell yeah and i've also noticed that you've been growing your hair out for a while just like me you recently have you just yeah, recently yeah, got yeah. braids?
1: <laughs> I just twisted I just twisted it like a, a week ago it looks crazy right now but yeah I've been growing my hair for like three years now I usually oh, watch shit. the curly pro like you respect
0: hell yeah man I <laughs> three years for me as well
1: <laughs> you say you' been going for three years yeah gang man yeah got to
0: it's called curls for the girls right
1: Yeah, for the girls, they love it, man. They love it. (laughs) Hell yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, London Avery, what is some advice that you have for up-and-coming artists, creators, influencers?
1: Really just to stick to your true self, man, because a lot of the influences will tell you you got to do this, you got to do that, but if it's not true, it's never going to work out in the long run. It might be temporarily good, but... You know, just stay true to yourself because at the end of the day, shit don't work out how you would want it to work out. At least you can say you was always yourself. Hell yeah. Um, Second of all, read your contracts. Read your contracts. I'm going to say it twice. You know, (laughs) even if you feel like, even if you have to have somebody sit down and really help explain it to you, don't feel ashamed because, you know, they try it. They they make it hard on purpose, but, um, you know. Make sure all your business is correct. All your your accounts is right. You you got your LLC. You pay, you pay your taxes right. Because there's a lot of shit that school don't teach you that will really fuck you up in the long run. Because you you might know you might know the uh, formula to slope, but if you don't know how to pay your taxes, that <laughs> shit not gonna help you. Oh my
0: god, <laughs> that's that's great. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> So what is the easiest way for fans to reach out to you?
1: They can follow me on any platform at London Avery. Just L-U-N-D-O-N Avery. A-V-E-R-Y. Hell
0: yeah. Anything you want to promote?
1: Uh, Yeah, just go check out the self-titled album. London Avery It's on all platforms. You know, find whatever song that you like the best and, you know, whatever songs, you know, and play them to death. And, you know, just really vibe out.
0: Hell yeah! This is the NAS podcast with
1: London and Avery. Thank you for having me, NAS.